Welcome everyone to a very special mini-series here on CKCC Radio, the first of many mini-series that I hope to do in ranking projects and just, just fun stuff in general for CKCC Radio here on Podbean. Of course, I am Chris O'Mealy, the founder of CKCC Radio and also the host of Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk and the Stupid Sexy Podcast, which you can hear right here on CKCC Radio. But I can't do these projects by myself. You guys know that already. So I needed to request some help here so we can rank the Disney Animation Studios films, all 58 of them. And I needed some help with this, so I went ahead and found two Disney experts to jump on and assist me here. The first one, you guys already know this guy's voice, whether you're listening to him on CKCC Radio, where it's real paranormal talk, or perhaps you're listening to Ranking Tracks. Maybe you're listening to the Cinefan podcast. His name is Jeff Trellowitz. Jeff, thank you for joining me. My pleasure. I'm always glad to jump on on CKCC Radio. Yes, and he's just started to have kind of a monopoly here on CKCC Radio, too, because he's the only other guy with multiple shows. What do you. Yeah, you know, (laughs) the competition. Bring it on. Bring it on, yes, but we're all one family here. Also joining me, a gentleman I know very well from the theme park world. In fact, he and I opened the Wizarding World of Harry Potter together in 2010 at Universal Studios. My good friend Mark is joining us here. Hey, everyone. Glad to be here for my first podcast. Yes, it's your very first podcast, and hopefully not your last. By the way, if you're interested in Mark's writing and movie reviews, you can check him out on WordPress, markedreviews.wordpress.com, and check out The Long and the Short, his latest blog reviews Disney Pixar's Onward, as well as The Adventures of Tintin, a Steven Spielberg classic. Yes. Thank you for the shout-out, Chris. So, you guys... Should be familiar with Mark's reviews already if you have been following CKCC Radio, or at least if you follow us on Facebook, because I post the newest blogs when Mark sends them to me. So you guys should already be following. You should already be subscribed. You should be familiar with every part of Jeff's paranormal history and Jeff's music love. Did you guys know Jeff is a Queen fan? I know. I would hope. I would hope people would know that by now. <laughs> I, f- I feel like that's like the the main stat about Jeff is that he likes Queen. <laughs> as far as music-wise, yes. <laughs> uh, I think the, my love of the paranormal tops everything else, though, at this point. Which I totally understand. But yes, so I needed a good panel here to do this miniseries. So let me kind of explain to all of our listeners here what's going on. Uh, a couple of years ago... I wanted to do a ranking blog, and when my blog sort of evolved into a podcast, I translated the idea from one medium to the other. And I think this will probably translate a little bit better in podcast form anyway. I was going to watch, review, and rank all 58 of the Walt Disney Animation Studios films, which is a Herculean task in itself. Hey, that's one of the movies. But hey, it, but I it was. Where it well, I guess we'll find out. So, I'm going to rank them in my personal list of worst at number 58, all the way up to best at number one. Uh, for this first part here, and hopefully all of you listeners are listening to these parts in order, or none of this is going to make sense. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go down the list real quick. Jeff and Mark are going to 
help me give quick opinions on all 58 films so you guys are familiar. Uh, you can always just go to Wikipedia and look them up if you need the list. Or There's a lot of websites that actually list them. And then I'm going to go through my ranking here. And Jeff and Mark are here to kind of react to my picks and help me talk about stuff, etc., etc. And I'll go ahead and throw this out here now because this is very important. This ranking is my ranking, my list, and my choices. So if you have any hate mail involving where your favorite movie ended up on the list because I didn't put it as high as you wanted, do not direct that at Jeff. Do not direct that at Mark. They have nothing to do with this. This is my list. I get all the hate mail. You leave them alone. Okay? We cool? Is everybody <laughs> got the... Want, you don't want none of this. <laughs> Can I get Dark Helmet to look at the screen? Has everybody got that? <laughs> so... I knew it. I was trying to buy assholes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys might think I'm one after I start revealing where some of these movies fall. But first, let's quickly... I've been quickly... called worse than that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so have I. Hey, I've... If people don't like the way I talk about AEW, that they've made that clear, but I'm not going to stop. So, so yeah, let's... You've been more positive about that recently. So. Because they've been the best product on TV in the last couple of weeks since the coronavirus happened, but that's <laughs> neither here nor there. Wait, Different you, podcast. Uh, wait till you guys hear my review of WrestleMania. That's a spoiler for Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk, by the way. Uh, Ooh, you I'll, might, I'll be tuning in for that. You might be surprised at what I say. Ooh. So let's quickly go through the list here. Um, I know that you guys probably haven't seen every single movie, but that's okay. You don't have to have seen it to be able to react because I'm going to kind of describe them anyway. But let's go through the list. Let's see what you guys have seen, what you guys have liked, what you haven't, and then we'll we'll start the official countdown. So we'll ta time travel back to 1937. First movie, of course, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Uh, very classic. I'm sure you yeah, guys have seen it, liked it. Oh, without, like, without a doubt. I mean, anyone who's seen a movie, probably one of their first movies was Snow White. So it, I would be very surprised by anyone who has never seen it. And as far I, as as far as I know, that's also the first feature length cell animated movie too. So it is. They thought actually it would make people sick because they didn't think the People's minds could handle it. Oh well, that we pr good thing we proved them wrong. No, the yeah. only th the only thing that's that made me sick is trying to watch Inception on an IMAX screen. <laughs> that was a little rough, but <laughs> yeah. uh, the next film was Pinocchio in 1940, followed by Fantasia, also in 1940, same year. Uh, of course, seen both of those. I'm sure you both have. Yep. Two more classics. Check off the list. Uh, Dumbo in 1941. Walt's favorite animated feature, in fact. Ooh, fun fact. I have not seen the live-action remake of Dumbo as we record this, but I've I've heard mixed things, so I'm going to go into <laughs> that one with an open mind. I, <laughs> I have that because it was, I, I'm in the Disney uh, movie club, and I forgot to send in for that, so I just never... I own it, I just haven't watched it. Well, you're you're so we're on this we're still on the same page then. I will I will say it's one of Disney's better reimaginings for a live action because they didn't just remake it they expanded it. Plus, the nerd in me enjoyed the Batman Returns reunion of Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito, and Tim Burton. That is awesome. Yeah. I, 
that was the first thing I noticed. I'm like, wait a minute. I've seen that combination before. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, we have Bambi in 1942. That's number five. Now, every child has seen and cried over Bambi, so. I've seen and been traumatized. (laughs) Just like Skippy Squirrel on Animaniacs. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Spoiler, man is bad. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Spoiler, don't get too attached to the mom. It doesn't right. really be said about a lot of Disney movies. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about those when we go into details. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next six through ten are the uh, the musical short films. Yeah. Uh, 1943, Saludos Amigos. 1945, Three Caballeros. Make Mine Music, 1946. Fun and Fancy Free, 1947. And Melody Time, 1948. Of course, this was done because of World War II. There weren't a lot of animators available, but they still wanted to provide entertainment. So this is what we got. Um, (laughs) If you have seen them, then it will not be a surprise when you see where they end up on my list. Oh, boy. (laughs) Uh, Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad came out in 1949. Two stories together. Then, of course, we get back to the, uh, the princesses. 1950 Cinderella, film number 12. Classic fairy tale story come to life in Disney animation. Uh, we all know the Lewis Carroll story of Alice in Wonderland. That was 1951. That was film number 13. And that, of course, oh God. yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about the Tim Burton movie, are we? No, trust me, we will not. <laughs> I have nothing positive to say about that. The animation, never wanted to. the animation version will be more positive. And I never saw it through the looking glass because why would I want to after I saw the first one? Oh, what a cash grab. Uh, we paid to see that in the theater, too. That's the worst part. Uh, Peter Pan comes in at number 14 on the list for animated movies. It's 1953 was the release. There have been countless retellings of Peter Pan, but other than Hook, this is probably Uh, still my favorite one. This is why we're best friends, (laughs) Hook. Because it's Hook. Yeah, it's Robin Williams and Dustin Hoffman. Although, don't give the um, one where Jason Isaacs is Captain Hook. That live-action one's actually a lot of fun. I'll give you that, but it still doesn't compare. No, no, no. You're right there. Uh, Lady and the Tramp at 1955. And uh, I could go for some spaghetti. Oh dear! Aww, it's cute. It's a fun. <laughs> it's a fun movie. Sleeping Beauty yeah. comes in at number sixteen. That was nineteen fifty nine. So this is the last movie released in the fifties for Disney animation. So of course we got the. Uh, we're we're still going through the Brothers Grimm to get these stories out there. But then I will I will oh, say Sleeping Beauty has some of the best and most beautiful animation. So I, that will that, that will be a factor when I do my ranking. I will discuss uh, the animation qualities of some of the films because there are a couple of movies that are affected positively or negatively by the animation quality, as I will explain. Uh, night, as we hit into the 60s, there were only three movies released here in the animation category. That was 101 Dalmatians in 1961. Sword in the Stone in 1963, and The Jungle Book in 1967. So, and I actually not seen Sword in the Stone before I did this project, so that was a cool first time viewing. And Jungle Book, it was one of those, it had been a while. So, 
it's fun to get a lot of this stuff down. Right. As we move into the 70s, we have the Aristocats, followed by Robin Hood in 1973. And then in 1977, we got two movies, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh and The Rescuers. Oh. (laughs) We're approaching halfway point on the list as we hit the 80s. We started off with The Fox and the Hound in 1981. The Black Cauldron in 1985, and The Great Mouse Detective in 1986, followed by Oliver and Company in 1988. All four of these movies, while people will still talk about them fondly if they've seen them, uh, mostly have fallen under the radar at this point. This is, uh, Disney was sort of on, like, the downswing here, but in 1989, The Little Mermaid came out, and we all know what came after that. The... Uh, and that's what I was going to say was, I look at it this way, it was kind of the calm before the storm, because while some of those movies weren't memorable, it was right before the great period. Right. The, uh, the, the true Disney resurgence and renaissance was the 1990s, because you get the rescuers down under in 1990, and then from here on out, every year we get a film, and it's, a cla- it's considered a classic, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin. The Lion King, Pocahontas, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Hercules, Mulan, Tarzan. That's your 1990s lineup right there. And... Which I just have to say, damn! (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of the... There's a good chunk of those movies that are on the upper half of my list. And for good reason, of course. Uh, I was just going to say that, yep. uh, Fantasia 2000 came out in... 2000. In fact, they released it on New Year's Day, and it is considered a sequel. One of the one of the yes. few sequels to the original classic. They do rehash the Sorcerer's Apprentice, but otherwise, it's all new. It's all new animation, all new music, and new celebrities to introduce them, including Penn and Teller. But we'll talk about that. <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, Dinosaur also came out in 2000. That was their first foray into computer animation mixed with live-action backgrounds. Which is what they should have done for Lion King. What? Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I have not seen the live-action Lion King, so I have no opinion. Just watch the original. Same thing. I've, I have heard, yeah. Anyway, uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. This is what we're here for. We're here to have a discussion. Uh, the Emperor's New Groove, although it was widely released in 2001, was technically released in limited capacity in 2000, so you can sort of throw that in there. That's uh, one of their, after all of the musical movies that they delivered, this was one of the times where they went to just a, uh, a straight-up comedy. So they're kind of trying some new stuff here. Because then also in 2001, you get Atlantis, The Lost Empire, which was a straight-up action-adventure. And then Lilo and Stitch kind of went back to the feel-good story, but, again, didn't have the uh, the musical soundtrack. They even did that with Treasure Planet. Both came out in 2002. And that's we're up to number 43 on the list now, so we're getting there. Uh, we have another kind of weird period here in the mid-2000s where a lot of these movies fell under the radar before there was another resurgence, and I'll explain that what kind of happened. You had Brother Bear, 2003, Under the Radar. Home on the Range, 2004, Under the Radar. Chicken Little, 2005, Under the Radar. Meet the Robinsons, 2007, Under the Radar. Uh, Bolt, 2008, <laughs> also kind of Under the Radar. Until you, got, yep. 
And this is when they started doing the computer animation, because Chicken Little and Meet the Robinsons were computer animated, so was Bolt. And they had their, you know, they've got their moments, but they all just, they didn't kind of capture everyone's attention. But when Princess and the Frog came out and Disney did another cell animation movie, that got everyone's attention again. And then Tangled comes out in 2010 to kick off the 2010s, and we sort of had another resurgence. Because that computer animation film became beloved and widely recognized. They did another cell-animated Winnie the Pooh in 2011. And then from here on out, it was computer animation. And then look at the list of movies to cap off here. All of these are now mainstream, widely regarded in a lot of ways. Very popular, very well-known. Wreck-It Ralph, Frozen, and... We all worked there when Frozen came out, so we don't even have to... We all understand that popularity. Actually, I was gone by then. Oh, well, aren't you you lucky? I was not. I was just let it go, man. I was still... Oh, oh, really? (laughs) But I do that joke all the time, so I can't remember it. Yeah. You guys might be surprised where Frozen actually ends up on my list. It might anger some people, but it might surprise people, too. Big Hero, yeah, yeah. Big Hero Six in 2014, Zootopia in 2016, along with Moana at the end of 2016, and then this is where I was going to end the project initially because when I started doing this, Moana was the newest film, but because it got put off for so long, two more movies came out. And <laughs> originally, I didn't want to include Ralph Breaks the Internet and Frozen Two because I was like, Aww. I'd rather just keep it where it was because I had already had my order, but then. I rewatched Ralph Breaks the Internet. I watched Frozen 2, and I was like, you know what? These deserve to be talked about. I'll make Frozen 2 the cutoff. Anything that comes out in 2020, we're not going to happen. So we're going we're gonna to cut off at the 2010s and do 58 instead of 56. So all I did was add two more movies to the list. But don't worry. Neither one of those is in the bottom eight. So we're not going to talk about them today. So overall, how many have you guys pretty much seen? Most... Half-ish. I would say more in the 75% Okay. Range. A lot of I, the more recent ones I have not seen, but I'm working on that. Okay, that's fair enough. Uh, I'm, I'm actually, God, I'm going to sound like such a Disney nerd. I didn't realize no, do it. you're going through the list. Um, do it. I'm actually pretty good. Um, it's the 40s. Where I, I'm not gonna lie, I have my cheat sheet right now. The 40s is where I'm quickly refreshing my mind if I've seen them or not. But other than that, I think it's just the 40s films that I may struggle a little bit. So those 40s films, a lot of those shorts would be played on Disney Channel. So there's a good chance you've probably seen parts of them and didn't realize it. Like I, that's that's like, what I'm <laughs> honestly thinking right now. Like Mickey and the Beanstalk. Odds are you've probably seen that. Oh, I love that one. There you go. See? So you've seen you you've seen more than you realize. <laughs> I know, it's all coming back to me. Alright. So here this is it, guys. This is this is the project, the Walt Disney Animation Studios. Now notice I'm focusing on them because they, they were all numbered. That was like the big gimmick that they did. There's no Disney Toon Studios movies included here. So sadly we're not talking about Goofy Movie or anything like oh. that. I know. Um Somebody did ask me when I revealed this project if I would consider doing the Disney Toon Studies 
do, like just doing a list of them? The answer yeah. is going to have to be no, because there's a lot of sequels in there that I don't want to see. Yeah. I will consider a top ten, because I, I've, I think I've done enough there to see a top ten, and there have been an, one or two good sequels that deserve a watch, but for the most part, like, I, I, and I'm sorry... Because I know, I know one of I know somebody is going to listen to this and get be mad about this. No, I have not seen Planes, and I'm not going to. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I have a friend who loves those movies and is really trying to harass me about that. It's not on the agenda. I apologize. <laughs> I, but, I think if you don't go into that with the Disney level in mind, and you watch Planes, you might go, "All right, that's better than Cars <laughs> 2. Well. We'll talk about Cars too when we do that Pixar ranking. It uh, <laughs> spoiler, it's at the end of the list. But <laughs> well, I'm just glad you gave a a goofy movie a shout out because it's amazing, but it doesn't get to be part of this project, unfortunately. Well, I'm just glad we're seeing eye to eye on that. Aw, I see what you did there. So yes, <laughs> so yes, one last shout out. Remember, Jeff's a podcaster, Mark's a blogger. Check out their stuff. I, I want to make sure that I'm hyping them up here because they may not be friends with me by the end of this episode. So. <laughs> Jersey Rain. <laughs> All right. We're going to break out some Jersey Rain now. So what we're going to do is we're going to do the, the bottom eight, number 58 to 51, and then we'll wrap up this episode. Then the next time I can I can rope you guys back into the studio, we'll we'll do another one. Maybe next week. It might be two weeks from now. By the end of 2020, we'll have done all six parts. How about that, people? <laughs> Jinkies. I, don't know. I mean, think about it. If we're all quarantined, it'll happen a lot sooner than that. No. <laughs> no, no, no. You're quarantined. I'm quote-unquote essential, so... <laughs> no, I'm essential, too. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. So... Uh, I actually have to kind of alternate my list a little bit here, because I have my original 56 listing. I haven't... uh strong-armed in those other two movies yet. When I first started the project, everybody wanted to know what number one was, and I refused to reveal it. But they all, a lot of people wanted to know what was going to end up at the bottom of the list. And as I said, odds are it was going to be something that I had never seen prior to the project. Because I feel like that's kind of what something like this is. You're strong-arming in all the stuff you've skipped. Odds are that stuff's going to be lower on the list anyway. And for the most part, a lot of that stuff ended up being lower. Um, the good news is, for you guys that are going to send me the hate mail, there are only, I'm kind of going through the list now, maybe, I'm going to say maybe six or eight, maybe ten movies where I genuinely didn't like them. The rest of them I do like. It's just that we have to, obviously... In a ranking system, there has to be something at yeah. the bottom. I'll put it this yeah. way. The film that's going to come in at number 45, I actually liked. It's 45th on the list because I liked 44 other movies more than that. Sure. But this is going to be the heat episode. This is where I'm going to get the heat. So let's start with the, the bottom of the list. At number 58, and if you've seen it, you understand why it's here is 1946's Make Mine Music. The only reason it's really at the bottom of the list is it's just not worth watching. That's the, the best way I can put it. It's really not much of a film. It's not that much worth your time and effort. Um, I don't believe either of you have seen this, have you? 
I probably have, have seen it when I was a kid. Okay. All right. Well, I I, I have seen it. Um, that actually is one I was refreshed on, and I was like, oh yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. It's not much to go on. Um, they had the the short compilations, as I said, from World War Two and everything. They. I mean, it's not they're they're not like super awful or f- offensive or anything, but you skip them, yeah. you're not missing anything. The the big thing is you have Fantasia, which is this brilliant blueprint on how to do this kind of a movie, and instead they were just like, ah, eh, screw it, let's just put a bunch of shorts together and have no narration to link them together, because some of them do and some of them don't. This one does not. But let me tell you why I decided to put this one at the bottom. Because none of the shorts are good or memorable. The first one is Warring Hillbilly Families, which makes me think too much of my hometown and my home county. Nice. <laughs> or the, or just the South and everything. Uh, they fall in love by default because they murder everyone until there's only one family member left on each side. Uh, they, they resort to acts of domestic violence... And the dead relatives laugh and drink from heaven. It's morbid. <laughs> then you have the... You put it that way. <laughs> uh, the Blue Bayou segment was actually supposed to be part of Fantasia, but they cut it for time restrictions, and which is why nobody remembers it. Yep. Uh, the All Cats Join In was just an excuse to do swing music, and the, the guy looks like uh, Beetle Bailey. Oh. It's uh, not bad. They do Casey at the Bat, which yep. if you, if which Tiny Toons parodied and also did better, which is unfortunate, because in Tiny Toons Buster hits a home run, and this one Casey's just a loser. Oh, oh. Uh, uh, Peter and the Wolf is depressing as hell. Anybody yeah. who's ever seen that story, that's depressing. And the duck gets viciously murdered. <laughs> the only thing that's clever is that the uh, animals all have a different instrument. But again, that's been parodied to death. The worst part is Willie the Whale, because oh. he because he's just a because he's just a whale who wants to be an opera singer, and he gets murdered. <laughs> he doesn't. He never gets to live his dream. Why does Disney hate children? Why do they want children to cry? See, if you leave out the whole depressing ending, it was a cute tale. It was until he dies. <laughs> Teddy Toddy, what the hell? Oh, he swallowed <laughs> opera singers, so the only way to save them is to flat out murder the whale. Ugh. <laughs> Man, the 1940s, Disney just hated you. So yeah, there's legitimately I, no reason to watch this. <laughs> yeah, it's overall as a film, it's not, there's no flow to it. I will say... Casey at the Bat, being a baseball fan, I enjoyed, but I also love that it had the old school narrator. Yeah. Um, that you get with the old school Disney films where it's like, oh, and mighty Casey. And you're like, there's that narrator. And mighty Casey. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. The whale ending, though. I totally forgot that's how it ended. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why it's at the bottom. It's, it's, <laughs> This is because it's one of those ones. I watched it. I can say I've watched it. I'm never going to watch it again. Yeah. And that's a good transition to number 57 on the list. Melody time. The same thing. 
You can, it's Ooh. same thing. The only reason I put it above it is because this one doesn't have as depressing shorts in it. No, no ducks and whales and hillbillies get viciously murdered in this one. Uh, it's, it's got a, uh, it, it, it basically it tell, it talks about, uh, Johnny Appleseed and Pecos Bill. Yeah. So there's a little bit more of a positive note there, but there just isn't that much more to say about it. It's very forgettable. The, uh, I, I kind of like the um, Once Upon a Wintertime short with Jenny and Joe, except that they yeah. used, they they recycled the animation styles of Doug because they just look like Bluffington characters because they're, like, blue and pink. <laughs> or did Doug steal from this? Um, I, I was like, this was a little bit before Doug's time. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say. <laughs> Very much so. steal from Doug. <laughs> yes. Doug's definitely stole yeah. from them, though. Yeah, yeah. Of course, uh, Joe doesn't get a pass here because the the woodland creatures save the day because Joe passes out trying to save Jenny, but he totally takes all the credit when Jenny comes too. So, <laughs> so Joe's kind of an ass, and he doesn't get a pass from me on this one. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, the toot the tugboat segment was kind of like it's one of those things where it's it's a pure it's one of those things it's a I don't want to say here it's a period of the time. Uh, yes anthropomorphic vehicles coming to life and being silly is a 1940s thing. Um, Cars does it better, so Toot the Tugboat does not really age well. It's a product of its time, but I found it tiresome, like Kevin Dunn tiresome. Just laughing at that, because he gets it. Because you can't say the word tiresome without thinking Kevin Dunn. Yes, well, I, I make too many Jim Cornette references as it is, so I'll try not to do that here before the, the flaming emails come in. <laughs> Stop referencing that guy! Uh, if you want a nice little stroke of nostalgia, watch it, but you're not going to miss anything by not watching it. The only reason I put it above uh, Make Mine Music is because there's nothing that will make you miserable watching it because nothing gets murdered. It's just no traumatizing. It's cute stories, but forgettable. I I will say I do enjoy the Pico Spell and the Johnny Appleseed one. Um, the Johnny Appleseed one, if you go back and watch it, I think some nostalgia will give you the feels on that one. Sure, I but give that one yes, to you. I I I am on board with your reasoning and ranking right now. Okay, well, save that thought. Because we're getting to oh an actual movie now. Oh boy. This is a movie movie. We're going to be, uh, this will be number 56 on the list. Now, I originally wanted to put this at the bottom bottom, but odds are I would watch this before I watched the other two, so I decided to give it a little bit of a pass, because at least it is a movie. But everything about this movie angered me and pissed <laughs> me off. From the animation looking like shit, to the story being mean-spirited, to just... Mm. There was no entertaining quality about it. At number 56 is 2005's Chicken Little. I, I don't know why, but I had a feeling you were going to say that. No, well, I, I figured something else would be going here. Well, if you've seen it, you know why. May I, may I ask, Jeff, what you thought I was going to say? I'm on the range. Okay. Yeah, I, okay. I think Home on the Range should be um, <clears throat> lower than that on your list. That is a fair assessment. 
and we may be getting to that sooner rather than later. And Let me... when we do, I'll tell you why it should be lower. And I will tell you why it got above Chicken Little. <laughs> so the first thing I have to say is this is the ugliest Disney movie in the whole list. As far as the animation goes, um, the animation is so herky-jerky that it's almost nauseating to watch at times. Chicken Little is a little spastic. And I know it's part of his character, but the animation is out of control that. with this. Um, the characters are really ugly designed. And I'm not talking about the ugly ducking supposed to be ugly. Like, the whole movie is ugly. The The color tones are ugly. The The town is ugly. The people's attitude towards this poor little kid is so ugly. It's the most mean-spirited thing I've ever seen. But I'm supposed to feel sorry for him, and I don't because he just pisses me off the whole time. Well, let me ask you this. Are you pissed off at him because uh, Zach Braff's voice didn't really make you feel for him? That could actually be something to do with it. Zach Braff doesn't sound like a little kid, an innocent little kid. Zach Braff sounds like a cocky teenager. So how am I supposed to feel sorry for him? That's a good point. I never actually thought of that. Well, and also remember, this was uh, Disney hoping to show Pixar they didn't need them. Well, they failed in that one. They'll have to tr- wait a couple of years before Tangled comes out, and they prove that they that was the case. Not the case here. Um, yeah, this is supposed yeah, to be a... Yeah, go ahead. I'm on the opposite end of it because I am a big Zach Braff and to the point that I'm re-watching Scrubs as we speak, that I actually, while I don't think it's a great movie, I also don't have the hatred towards it, probably because of my pro-Zach Braff bias. No problem. Hey, that's fine. I, I will actually say Zach Braff did not annoy me as Chicken Little. Well, even if I can... Um... Even if I can stipulate to that, everything else in the movie annoyed me. Now, I have some well, positives to say, and I'll get there, but okay. um, but I do want to say this is supposed to be like a sci-fi adventure, but this is way more Battlefield Earth than Star Wars. Oh, this- <laughs> oh. damn. And- unit. Somebody call a burn unit. <laughs> John Travolta is somewhere out there going, oh my god, somebody mentioned Battlefield Earth. <laughs> Yes, in the same sh- shape everybody else does. I, I, hate, I hate that his father is so quick to just write him off because he's so concerned about his reputation. That's so... Yeah. Uh, that's so mean. But the original folktale of Henny Penny is supposed to be courage in the face of fear and not believing everything you're, you're told. You know, like, this is just an Americanized character name of Chicken Little because he's not Henny Penny, he's Chicken Little. And they just went with the sky is falling theme and wrote their own thing around it. So it also strays off from the source material. Now, would you like to hear some, uh, oh, one more, one more thing. Yeah. (laughs) Meet the Robinsons came out two years later and it looked like it was decades ahead of this. Toy Story came out 10 years prior and it looked decades ahead of this. And that is a lot to do with the animation. I will say my two things whenever I watch it that just distract me from the film. Um, the early animation for the hair, like Chicken Little's hair, mm-hmm. it, you could just tell they just did not have hair down. And then I don't remember the character's name, but the the pig, I hated 
the character design for the pig, the friend. I, I'm pretty sure his name was Pig. Shut up. No, yeah, it I, can't be that lazy. I think it might have been, yeah. Uh, Let's see if IMDB can help us out on that. Go for it. <laughs> hey, would you like to hear some positives, though? I, yeah, got, two, I, got, two, I got two of them. Fred Willard and Catherine O'Hara. That was my favorite part of the movie was when they cameoed as the parents of the alien. Oh, yeah. And, and when they do the actual movie of Chicken Little, they bring in Adam West to do the voice of the muscular Chicken Little in the film. <laughs> so those cameos alone made me happy. And I can, I can give it some credit for that. Uh, other than that, I really don't have much positive to say about this. But like I said, I knew when I was going into this, something I'd never seen before was going to be at the bottom. I'd already seen what Chicken Little looked like, heard about its reputation, 36% on Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes. And I was like, uh, this is probably not going to be something I'm going to enjoy, but let's give it the benefit of the doubt because maybe it'll still get a, a, a decent ranking. And then I watched it and I'm like, nope. Nope, nope, can't do it. This is awful. I am miserable. I don't like this. I, I don't right want to. Right all along. <laughs> it was me, Austin. I just. So I have the pig's name, by the way. Okay. Runt of the Litter, voiced by Steve Zahn. That's not much more creative. <laughs> than just but it's better than pig? A little? I mean, a, little. a little, but okay. Question yeah. mark? Question mark, yeah. Any final thoughts on Chicken Little, or should we just let the egg rest at this oh, point? God. No, just, <laughs> let, just let, let the earth collapse on its own. Okay. Yeah. Too bad I'm not doing this live, because I'd love to know if any hate mail was going to pour in now. Uh, uh. <laughs> now, I can tell you this next one is definitely going to be controversial. Um, but I have a story as to why it's so freaking low on my list. And I will share that story after we talk about it. But I'm going to say what it is because I want your reactions because I know I know people are going to get defensive about this. Coming in at number 55 is Dinosaur. Ooh. Nope, 100% agree. Okay. I, I, I do not think Dinosaur should be in your bottom eight. Although I will admit it is very uh, land before time. Yeah, Pro that my problem is it's not land before time. <laughs> so, of of all the movies that I watched in this whole project, this one to me was the most boring. Okay, I thought it was the slowest paced, the the slowest dialogue, the just the slowest everything. And I know that they're supposed to be dinosaurs lumbering, but even the action scenes are just slow. So that's problem I have, number one. Number two, this movie had potential to look gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate the experimentation they went with. But the live-action backgrounds, to me, actually hinder the dinosaurs because it makes the dinosaurs look too fake. And I, I appreciated where they were going with it. I couldn't really get into it, though. And I think that was actually more of a distraction. I think they should have gone a full CGI just because of the dinosaur designs, I think it was too early for an experiment like this. If you did this now, it would probably look way better. Yep. So 
that's another thing I'll say there. Other than that, this was just a really boring movie to me. And I think that's my biggest issue with it. Now, I'll say this. The ride is awesome. I love the ride. I have no issues with the ride. Hello there. Hello there. Uh, <laughs> I, I love going back in time to bring an Iguanodon back and to avoid the... Uh, what What is the actual... It's it's a Carnotaur, right? Or Carnosaur? Carnotaur? I was about to say, thanks to this movie, everybody knows what a Carnotaurus is. Yeah. Well, if you've ever seen that crappy horror movie from the 90s, you may you might also have an idea of what it is, but... Ooh. Yeah, remember that? I remember. Yeah. Um, yeah, 2000's Dinosaur was... Eh. So, like, I remember when we went to go see Toy Story 2 and they showed the seven-minute-long trailer of the egg going down the stream. That was the yeah. most torturous experience ever. I wasn't going to judge the movie based on that, but I have to point it out. <laughs> it did not help it in any capacity. Did not help its right. positioning on the list. In fact, my sister to this day still talks about that trailer. <laughs> <laughs> so well, then at least, you should you know it served its purpose if people are still talking about it all this time later. Yeah. Yeah, I guess There's so. There's a line between famous and infamous. Well, Chris, do a do a poll. What did people hate more, the long um, clip trailer for? Frozen 2 or the long clip trailer for Dinosaur? Ooh, that's a good one. I'll ask that. You're, bo- <laughs> you're both in my tournaments group. We can <laughs> we can figure this out. I think that's a good poll. I'll do that. Yes, okay. And, so- and before anyone rips me, um, I, I'm not saying Dinosaur is a good movie in any way. I just, I don't think it would be in, it, it would be in my bottom ten, but maybe not my bottom eight. Okay, that's and that's fair. That's a, that's a fair assessment. But like I said, when you actually weigh everything together, and once I actually cut the list and put my my movies I didn't like at the bottom, uh, I realized that this one was one of the worst of them. I can't justify it uh, below. I can't justify it below Chicken Little because the animation is way better. But whereas Chicken Little was too was too hyperactive and too hard to keep up with, this was just too slow and grating. And maybe that helps it because it's easier to follow the story, but it doesn't really help the whole thing. Now, unfortunately for Aladar, who's friends with a bunch <laughs> of lemurs, an asteroid wipes them all out. Don't you just hate when that happens? So mm, ru- ruins my weekend every time. <laughs> exactly every time. Also kind of uh also kind of horrible about how the herd just attacks and all the eggs are stepped on and eaten and he's just the the lone survivor because what Disney movie wouldn't be complete without a complete massacre of unborn children? I mean, we've all seen Finding Nemo, right? Yep. <laughs> so I mean, I I don't hate Aladar. I know he's, uh, you know, he's struggling to be the outsider and everything, but once the herd picks up and they start going looking for the land and everything, it's just, it's just a very, very, very lumbering pace. And I wasn't expecting them to look like real dinosaurs, but again, Jurassic Park is blowing them out of the water as far as quality goes, and that was 93. So, can we, 
It, it, I just feel like they could have done better, and maybe this wasn't the right year for this experiment. But they did it, and I watched it, so. <clears throat> um, but Aladar is at least a likable character, because whereas the herd wants to leave the other, uh, the other dinosaurs behind, you know, the elders, Aladar befriends them and gets them to keep up and help them out. Now, of course, that leads to the herd leader's death and almost gets everybody killed. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> but at least Aladar's intentions were in the right place. So, and... No spoiler alert. There was a meteor coming. They were going to die either way. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. All the dinosaurs are dead. <laughs> so... So, can I just give a shout-out, though? The One of the co-directors of this movie did the um, Spielberg We're Back dinosaur animated movie. Yes! I yes. just want to give that a little shout-out. Haven't seen that in ages, but I remember that movie. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, Kron and Bruton, who were the pack leaders, like, yeah, they're also, they're jerks, but in the, if you look at it from an outside perspective, all they're trying to do is get the herd to survive. They're doing what's best for the herd. So, like, you know, it's one of those things where, yeah, they're 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 jerks, but they also kind of have to be based on the the situation. But and of course, are the carnivores really the bad guys? I mean, they're just trying to survive. They're not even they're not even sentient enough to have speaking voices. They're just predators. <laughs> so, just because they're a bad guy doesn't mean they're a bad guy. It's because you're a bad guy. <laughs> but at least we get a. A happy ending yeah. until the next meteor comes, so. And I was going to say, if anyone's the bad guy, it's the meteors. They're the heels. Yeah, the meteors are the heels. <laughs> we do get a nice happy ending, though. I mean, Chicken Little had a happy ending, too, but this one has a happy ending. Everybody lives in harmony in the meadow, and until the dinosaurs die off for good, that's going to be a, a, a thing, right? So, <laughs> Yeah. But, I mean, this is no Jurassic Park. It's no Land Before Time. It's no Where is Back, a dinosaur story. You can do a lot better if you're going to go for a dinosaur movie than this one. But, uh, I don't... Other than the ride at Disney, I don't think this movie actually has a legacy. To be fair. Other than the ride, can you think of anybody else who's like, Oh, yeah. Dinosaur. Yeah. Because I know I can't. Uh, at least not a positive one, no. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, obviously, if you're going to talk about dinosaurs. Many other things will pop up before that. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> ranks above Barney, so, you know. Well, <laughs> so, we've already mentioned this movie before. So this is a uh, good time to bring it up again, right? Say it. Ooh, I know, I know. <laughs> I know. So we are now at film number 54, and that is Home on the Range. Finally. Yeah. We are all in agreement that this deserves to be near the bottom, right? Yeah. Now, uh, Mariah, I don't know if you're listening. Uh, shout out to you. She was a CP at Interventions. She's from Kentucky. She's expecting. She's a lovely young lady. She said this Congrats. is her favorite movie of all time, and I just don't understand that. I'm. I apologize. I don't get how this could be anyone's favorite movie of all time. I. I still doesn't. There's a coworker of mine who her favorite movie is Catwoman, so I don't believe Home on the Range has that movie. Wow. That is literally the first time I've ever heard that. Okay. Yeah. So I expect I'm not going to be getting a ton of hate mail for this one, except maybe from her. Mariah, I apologize again. 
<laughs> but yeah, number fifty-four, home on the range. So I do, I do not apologize. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to do this with some positives in here too. But mm. overall, the main hatred was just that uh, the unanimous hatred kind of caught up. And when I watched it, I was like, okay, so it's really just a lot of potty humor that isn't even funny, and a lot of talented cast that are going to waste, is what it yep. kind of boils down to. Roseanne Barr can be funny. Jennifer Tilly's hysterical. Jane, Dame Judi Dench is a treasure. Thank you for saying Dame, by the way. I was hoping you would say that. <laughs> of course. And this is what you can do is you just make them cows and give them crappy dialogue and a crappy scenario. And the the bad guy is Cousin Eddie. It's Randy Quaid. <laughs> and he's not well, even a good... Was full. He's not even a good bad guy. You even have Steve Buscemi and Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah. A- and none of them do any good here. So, here's yeah, what you I'm can't always say. judge Cuba Gooding Jr. He made snow dogs. Oh. He, I mean, it was as bad. <laughs> it was as bad as trying to watch him in Pearl Harbor, where he's the most wasted talent in the whole movie, with the guy, the the real life guy with the actual interesting backstory, and we we don't focus on him at all. Ugh. Ugh. Okay, so let me just so say this. Oh no, go, here's ahead. What go I, ahead. Here's here's what I'm going to say. The reason I would put Home on the Range below um, the dinosaur is. And You're the chickens getting... too, right? Well, yes, because you are getting very passionate and fired up. And Home <laughs> on the Range irritates me. Like, there's so many times where I eye roll it, I let out, ugh. Yeah, and I did that dinosaur, too. Dinosaur and Chicken Little, there was less of me eye rolling and just looking at the screen shaking my head. <laughs> okay, and that's a fair assessment, but... For me, it was Chicken Little was, I'm going to have a heart attack watching this. For Dinosaur, it was, I'm going to go into a coma. And for this, it was just Ugg. And I guess I guess Ugg comes across as death a little bit higher. So I'll take that. Now, I'll say this. I actually didn't hate this movie as much as I thought I was going to. But I still hated it. So, Positive? <laughs> question mark Yay. question mark <laughs> Yay! <clears throat> by the way where was mr calloway jane duty Dench is mrs calloway but where's mr is he a steak like i don't understand where mr calloway is uh we need a sequel now uh no we don't no we no. don't <laughs> no yeah and here's i was watching this great video that they do on youtube it was like the 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 least evil villain to the most evil disney villain and of course you know you know it's at the top of the list chernabog and the horn king and the actual like personifications of evil but they were ranking even some uh some lesser known villains in here and you know who doesn't get ranked at all the villain in this movie because it's not <laughs> worth mentioning because he's not worth mentioning Al- now Alabama Slim did make me giggle because all I thought of was Bob Holly doing the Alabama Slam the whole time, but all that made me do is wish that Bob Holly was the villain in the movie. So, by the way, I apologize for all the wrestling references to all the non-wrestling fans that I know are watching this, but I can't help it. And or, 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 or listening to this because it's an audio podcast. Yeah, exactly. You said watch. You said watch. And well, they, they might be staring at their computer screens. I don't know. <laughs> Now, I'll say, here's some more positive stuff. Buscemi was a cameo, but at least he owned it. You could tell he was trying. Um, 
Cuba Gooding Jr.'s Buck, the sheriff horse, he's the show stealer. He's the best part of the movie because all his scenes are fun. That's the positive aspect there. But Alabama Slim doesn't even have interesting henchmen. He's just got triplets. And they wear different color shirts. Yeah, like Huey, Dewey, Louie wore different color shirts. That's kind of what you do. Yeah, truth. Yeah, this is no Huey, Dewey, Louie, though. <clears throat> yeah, for, no. for me, the, the my hatred goes just because Roseanne was just so awful in that. And it wasn't necessarily her fault because the writing was bad. But Yeah. it's like a... they, they put a sex joke in the Disney movie. And not that even was, a good one. Yeah, like if you're gonna, so you couldn't even get a good one. And okay, and you know, I can laugh at fart humor too, but none of this was funny. And I, I mean, I guess that Roseanne and fart humor could kind of go hand in hand. Like that's the type of comedian I expect some of that stuff from. But I'm just like, yep. the, the so, pig, it's just piglets with flatulence and. Can I offer a possible reason for all that? During that time, the two big animated movies around that time were Shrek and Shrek 2. And I think Disney was trying to borrow some of that formula. Of course, they they didn't make it like Shrek and Shrek 2 definitely did the humor better. But I think Home on the Range was trying to take some of that. But I think I think the difference, though, is that Shrek has heart. Yes, and an actual Sh- Shrek has a uh, a feel good story. It has an I, anyone can be a hero theme to it. This is just cows. Yeah, uh, they bought a they whole bunch of, uh, they bought the farm. That's what this is. <laughs> I feel like I upset a whole bunch of Disney people by mentioning Shrek. Uh, Shrek's. Oh, oh, you're in trouble. Hey, hey, Disney fans, Shrek is way better than Home on the Range. Bite me. (laughs) (laughs) I think Walt is in his grave right now, or the cooler, wherever he is, going, Oh my god. Yeah, Yeah, no, what I said might offend them. No, what you said might just offend them. (laughs) Yeah, there's no. We just got a a, a, a stop and a Never mind. Yeah. (laughs) Especially because, if you think back to it, you, there's no excuse to not have a good flunky in here. You just had LeFou, Iago, the Hyenas, Pain and Panic, Lawrence. Yeah. yeah. There's no excuse to not have a good flunky in here. The other thing is, every time a song kicked in, I was enjoying the beat because I kind of like the Western theme to everything. But the lyrics and all the songs are cringeworthy, so you don't even want to remember them. That's just That just takes points away. So, if you've never seen this movie, don't. Let it sit and gather dust. So, so points were taken away, so uh, they got buried instead? Yeah, Triple H got out his shovel and was like, I'm going to bury this shit. <laughs> I do a wrestling podcast, get over it. I, I Imagine that's where all the, the hate mail comes in. You made too many wrestling references. Yeah, well, that happens. All right. I still throw in wrestling references in all my podcasts. Too. I know you do because I because I listen to them. <laughs> all right, let's let's do something a little more lighthearted. Number fifty three. We're going to go back to the forties and talk about Saludos Amigos. If you yeah, if you've got forty three minutes to kill, you could do worse. Yeah, but it's all that's all it is. It's it's the shortest thing on the list. It's just forty three minutes and. 
it was really just an excuse so the animators could take a vacation to South America. <laughs> That's the only reason this movie exists. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not arguing with that in any way. Yeah, they meant some self up with the culture, but in good in good good stuff, you have Donald and Goofy, and it's cool to see them in there. Uh, Goofy learns to become a, got, a gotcho. Uh, it's a it's an Argentinian cowboy, in case you're interested. And we even get a song about Lake Titicaca, except the Animaniacs did it better. Wow, you just really wanted <laughs> to say that, didn't you? Lake Titicaca? Yep. <clears throat> we just really like saying its name. <laughs> hey, this is a PG show. Or it's yes. not really. Uh, I like Pablo the the plane better than the tugboat, Toot the Tugboat, because he's got the bravery factor. And he, uh, although it's... He he really takes that uh that mail delivery oh seriously because there's a storm in Chile and he's like no I'm delivering the mail and <laughs> uh the original cartoonist started a series afterwards because of his own personal disappointment in Pablo being Chile's own representation of the movie that's that's kind of sad hey he could have made plane he could have made planes oh I'm just I. I've I've never I've never seen it. I'm just being funny. Stop stop with the hate mail. I feel like my inbox is already blowing up. Uh, it's better than cars too. <laughs> we can always go back to that. But I also did enjoy uh, Donald meeting Jose Carioca for the first time. Yeah, the three caballeros, which we'll uh, we'll talk about in a little bit. It's see, uh, I liked it because it showed a different side of Donald than the usual. I'm going to be upset, jump up and down. Yeah, and I like that too. Plus, it's not often that the classic characters get to be in movies, so that's an appreciative factor there too. This This was just a vacation on a budget though, because we're supposed to get all of South American culture and we get four countries represented. So they're just like, well, we went to Chile, Brazil, Peru, and Argentina. Oh, did you guys go to Uruguay? Pfft, no. Oops. <laughs> Look at this country. You are gay. Shout out to Homer Simpson. <laughs> uh, I think Jose could benefit from a translator, but at the same time, so could Donald. So I really can't take that. <laughs> I really can't say anything negative about that. <laughs> the only thing I will say why this gets the, the low ranking, because you can skip this and go straight to the three caballeros and miss nothing. See, and the first time I saw those two, it was like, I think, a, a double feature movie where they did put them together. Yeah. They probably should have. I think it would have been better that way. By the way, the segment is not on home video with Goofy because he smokes a cigarette. So Goofy got screwed. Because he smokes a cigarette. Gee, Donald fought the Nazis and Bugs Bunny chewed tobacco, but no, Disney can't, uh, Goofy can't have a cigarette. Dude, uh, let Goofy have cigarette. a smoke. <laughs> Jeez. Cigarettes claim another victim. Oh. Goofy's, stre- Goofy's a single dad. Let him have a damn cigarette. <laughs> Seriously. Max just makes things harder. And I suppose we can start wrapping up with the last two movies on the list with a, the, the final... Well, not the final, but the uh, the last of the, the shorts we're going to talk about, which is Fun and Fancy Free in the number 52 spot. Again, nothing offensive about it. It's just one of those movies that 
you've already seen it, you just didn't realize it. So there's no reason to actually go back and watch this. Yeah. I do enjoy uh, the inclusion of Jiminy Cricket, because I do think he should be used more often. And I like that they weave the tales together with the narrator. Especially because they bring in the famous ventriloquist, Edgar Bergden. By the way... Oh, God, I forgot about that. Yeah. By the way, did you notice that Mortimer looks exactly like Jeff Dunham's Bubba? (laughs) He does. I almost wonder if Jeff Dunham got, like, a recycled version of that puppet and just did it. The resemblance was really uncanny. But, uh... Like I said, the only reason I'm giving this a low ranking is because the first, the, uh, the first story is just a bear named Bongo who escapes from the circus and has to figure out how to live. And that's just sure. like, it's, it's a whatever thing, cute, but not overly memorable. Yeah. Uh, Dinah Shore actually does the narration, so that's pretty cool. But then the the second story is just Mickey and the Beanstalk, and everybody's seen that now because Disney has released that by itself. So, again, there's yeah. there's nothing to uh, to follow through with it. Um, by the way, did you notice that the giant in Mickey and the Beanstalk is the ghost of Christmas present? Yes. And that's a cool little tie-in there. So, other than Jiminy Cricket and everything else, this just hasn't really aged that well because it's it's a lot of recycle, rehash, and just redo. Fun and Fancy Free is an okay little watch, but after you get past it, there's not that much substance left. It's just like, oh, here's a story I've already seen, and and this. So, Yeah, some of them kind of feel like the B-side <clears throat> of an album. Yeah. Right, right. So, so, to recap, at number 58, we had the uh, Make Mine Music followed by Melody Time at number 57. Then we talked about Chicken Little at 56 and Dinosaur at 55. And then we finally got to Home on the Range at 54. 53 was Saludos Amigos, and 52 was Fun and Fancy Free. We'll do one more before we wrap up this part here. And I'm I'm kind of glad that this falls in the number 51 slot because once we're done talking about this, I have a feeling you guys aren't going to want anything to do with me. Because <laughs> I'm... I'm about to negatively rank a movie that a lot of people consider to be good, underrated, underappreciated, etc., etc. There's a lot of positive to be said about it. So this is going to turn into a debate, but that's okay because that's kind of what I want. Because I want to debate about this. At number 51, Mark, just brace yourself for this, buddy. Is The Black oh, Cauldron. I'm, I'm... All right. What a schmuck. Yep. I knew knew you weren't going to like that, but... But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, I'm listening. I'm well aware that it is flawed, I think, also ahead of its time. Um, But I also know that it is a very popular Disney animated movie to um, kind of poop on. So I'm not, I'm not shocked at all. I'm more, I'm disappointed, Chris. Good. Oh, that's (laughs) even worse. Good. 
So I will. So when we're done recording, I'll go cry in the corner, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> I'll also be reading a bunch of hate mail, so I'll be crying about that too. Would it make yeah. you feel any better if I said this was the last movie in the entire project that I'm going to have a full negative opinion on? Because after this, I like everything just to different degrees. No. How is that supposed to make me feel <laughs> I, I, that, that, probably that I have a bad taste in my mouth about. Is that okay? No. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. almost good enough to be good, but I still hate it. Okay. Okay. All right. That's fine. I know people are going to disagree with me on this, and that's okay. This is why I wanted you guys here. I wanted. There's going to be controversy on this list, and this I knew this was going to be the first big one. I knew this was going to be I, way worse than talking about Dinosaur at the bottom. I want to hear why your misguided opinion <laughs> on this movie went the way it did. And then I'm going to try and try to get you to watch this one again with a different light on it. Okay, that's fair. So let's start off with the, uh, the first problem. The first mm-hmm. problem's on me. I went in, into this film with too high expectations, and I will admit that right off the bat. Because I was expecting, because after hearing about how underrated and underappreciated and scary and dark it was, I really went in expecting something better than what I got. That one's on me, so I'll own up to that one. Too high, in retrospect, too high. Um, so it's your fault that you went in there with too high of a bar. I just said that, correct? <laughs> okay, I just wanted to hear you say it again, that's fine. Okay, yeah. that's fine. I went in with too high of a bar and that did hurt it. Now, I did a little further research into the movie to try to figure out why it was labeled as controversial. And the main thing was supposed to be the Horned King, right? Well, let me say, this is probably the most terrifying Disney villain design outside of Chernabog that they've ever done before. Guy looks friggin' terrifying, so I get that. And a PG rating for a Disney animated movie in 1985 was just not something that you saw, yeah. So, the cool thing is about this movie is, unlike Home on the Range, Dinosaur, and Chicken Little, where if you're going to give me positive stuff to say about it, I'm probably going to scoff at you. The cool (laughs) thing is, and this is the positive here, is I get why people don't, or I don't, yeah, obviously, I get why people love this movie. I can understand why somebody would watch this and go, damn, that was good. Because of the dark tones, because of the beautiful animation, the fantasy setting, the, the, the terrifying look of the villain. So I get that. And that's why I knew Mark was going to love I – I always knew you liked it because we talked about it. And that's why I always kind of kept my mouth shut about it because I'm like, I'm going to do this project. I'm going to invite Mark to be on it. And he's not going to like this, but that's why I want him here because he's going to debate me. I so still let's, love you. Well, that's good. I love you too, buddy. But let's I'm try. <laughs> but let's. Well, I mean, I, I didn't say I still respect your movie opinions. I just That's I fine. I don't. I'm not ask. I'm not asking for respect. I'm getting no respect. All right. So let's <laughs> let's kind of break it down. Now, this is why I'm going to break it down. So, what went wrong for me? Number one yeah. is going to be again the pacing. This is a okay. very slowly paced movie, and I don't think anybody's going to actually disagree with me on that one. A lot of things happen slowly, and a big problem, honestly, I think, is the Horned King, who moves slower than Michael Myers. Like, if he's chasing you, you can outrun this guy. So, <laughs> now, if he catches you, you're, you're screwed, because he's a literal demon, and he's gonna, 
he's going to torture and kill you for fun. Um, The other problem is the layout of the story is kind of random. Like, a lot of events just kind of help, feel like they were written in to just move the story along. Like, the whole thing with the psychic pig is almost glossed over when we get to the main storyline with Taryn. Where the pig is supposed to be the central part here. And that always kind of felt like there was a writing dispute, maybe. And maybe people were trying to shoehorn in too many ideas. Again, I don't know like the whole history of the movie. But I feel like something had to be done. This couldn't have just been one writer's vision coming to life. There, this It feels like a case of too many cooks in the kitchen. Which can ruin any experience for anybody. Whether or not that's true, I don't know. Um, big problem here I have is Taryn. He's just boring. When Ellenway comes in, she steals the entire show from him. She steals everything from him. Every scene. She's a badass. She's tough. She's self-sufficient. She gets, he's supposed to rescue her, but she literally rescues herself and he just follows her. (laughs) He's just being teenage angsty along the way. And she's just like, no, screw this. I'm tough. And uh, this is a huge positive here, but is this really the best that they could do? The other hero's a bard. (laughs) And that's awesome because it raises attention that bards should be more badass. But again, that's just like, is that all you, you, you had, was you, for your fantasy thing was a bard? But hey, raise awareness for the bards. That's a positive. Um... But yeah, Taryn, eh, he's forgettable. This isn't like Arthur where he's a whiny little kid and Merlin's just kind of showing him the way. Taryn's just an angsty-ass teenager and the strong-willed female character just kicks his ass. But this is one of those reasons why this movie deserves more recognition is for Ellen Way. Or Ellen Wee. I don't actually remember how to pronounce it. Ellen Way, Ellen Wee, but yeah. Uh, can we get her some more attention? She's a perfect example of an early female Disney hero. You know, she's she's way more self-sufficient than a lot of the princesses that came before her, and they're all more popular. So can we get a little more... I'm, I'm raising it out there. Can we get a little more recognition for her out there, Disney? Anybody? So, I mentioned the Horn King. He... He looks super menacing, but... Even though he's got a really cool voice and a cool design, he's just such a slow character. And I almost wonder if that's why he's not recognized more among the Disney villain faithfuls, like the the communities of villains. I wonder if that has something to do with it. Not as controversy, because people love ranking him in there, but he basically looks like Skeletor. But fortunately, he doesn't sound like Skeletor. I love Skeletor, but that's not an intimidating voice. <laughs> and he doesn't have memes to back him up either. Skeletor's all over memes. But with all that said, I could have still forgiven a lot of things about this movie and ranked it higher. Would you like to know the one thing about this movie that puts it low on the list and makes it insufferable for me? Would you like to sure. know? Sure. His name is Gurgi. <laughs> That's so cute. No. <laughs> Gurgi is not cute. Gurgi is Jar Jar freaking Binks. 
Ooh. He's not the worst character ever. <laughs> Gurgi is my least favorite Disney character I've ever seen, and I've seen Chicken Little. I I hated this character's annoyance, the voice, the... Uh, what is it anyway? Is it a man or a dog? Is it a man dog? It's a mog. It's its, it's, its own, it's its own <laughs> best friend. I just can't... And then he, then he turns heel, and then he turns yeah. baby face anyway. So he doesn't so even. He's a big show. So, well, he does the golem thing where I'm in this for my own thing, and then he's like, "Oh no, wait! I actually want to be a good guy." And I'm just like, "There's no emotional points there because I already hated him." And it's like, "Oh, good, he turned bad. Now I can justify watching him die." And then it's like, "No, he gets a redemption story, and I have to uh, head table." Yeah. <laughs> you could have had the bard or the badass princess save the day, but you may you went with uh Gurgi. Now I even wrote in my own note, notes here. I am definitely nitpicking here. I even wrote that down. But yeah, in my opinion, he drags the movie down. If you took Gurgi out of it, I probably would have put it maybe as an average film. Because again, Taron still still got the pacing and everything, but but with him, I'm sorry, the movie falls for me. Now, if there are any Gurgi faithfuls out there that would like to fight me on that, I will welcome your emails and happily delete them. You're not changing my mind about that. You can change my mind about a lot of other things, but you're not changing my mind about that one. Hated that character. And he definitely took the movie down a couple points. Kind of like how if you took Jar Jar out of Phantom Menace, it would just be an average political movie. Jar Jar wow. brings the movie down. Gurgi brought the movie down for me. So, Plus, Black Cauldron also has the unfortunate uh, timing period behind it. It came out at the wrong time. This is one that they should have saved for the 90s. Being part of that resurgence probably would have helped it. Instead, it kind of it was kind of a victim of its own timing, especially because Great Mouse Detective is looked upon more fondly as an underrated movie than this one. And Oliver and Company, it's kind of sandwiched between them, and they're both kind of like they both kind of have a bit more of a positive spin. And then when Little Mermaid came out, everybody just forgot about them. So. But, unfortunately, Black Cauldron's kind of forgotten in time. Now, I'll, I'll close with this. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Because I think everybody should watch it. Just for the reputation. Just for the underrated reputation. And just because I think people need to see it to understand the PG rating. And to understand why it's got such a hardcore cult following. But... Odds are you're either going to side with me or you're going to side with Mark. I feel like there's not a lot of middle ground on this one. Closing thoughts on the Black Cauldron. Uh, can I have the floor? Or who? Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. You have the con. Okay. So here's, here's what I'll say. Cannot argue with against too much of what you said. The film is a very interesting backstory if you look into it. Um, Jeffrey Katzenberg from 
Shrek and DreamWorks Animation um, had a very hard time with the making of this. The animators didn't like his approach. He was fighting with Eisner, um, and it made for a hard time. Plus, they had to keep editing it. It was a rare animated film where they had to take out things that were animated because the film was in danger of being PG-13 and at one point rated R because of the choices that were made. So they had to trim it. Um, I will say shout out because it gave us the original like Disney animation logo with the um, blue background and the white castle. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a vintage classic. It's one of those things where people are like, you can't hear pictures. And then they post a picture of that. It's like, Oh yes, I can. I, my thing with black cauldron is, is it uneven? Yes. But you nailed it when you said the production or the making process just had so much turmoil. And I think, that just destroyed what flow it had. But I will, and I also agree with, had the film gotten the 90s approach when Disney had their good footing and they knew how to make a good movie, um, I think it would have been up there with The Hunchback, a different kind of Disney movie, but also a celebrated one. Um, My thing with Black Cauldron, I... I think it tried to do what Lion King and Shrek did, where it tried to be a different kind of animated movie, tried to break new ground on what an animated movie could do. And unfortunately, it just didn't flow the way it should have. I think if you can like the movies, the animated Lord of the Rings or the live action movies, um, from Ridley Scott, watch the director's cut or the dark crystal. I think if you're fans of that type of fantasy storytelling has some flaws here and there, but overall is a lot of fantasy fun. I think you'll enjoy black cauldron. Well said. Yeah. I think it's just, like I said, I think and I, I wasn't really aware of a lot of that stuff. So I'm glad you did mention it. Um, it really is one of those movies that, uh, that, it's sort of like it's a victim of its own <clears throat> it's a victim of its own circumstances do you yes. think that it would benefit if somebody put into production a live action remake of it do you I think, think that could help it, it i think a live action um mini series hmm. i think it's too complex of a story to make in one film. Um, I think if you were to do a limited series, like with what we got with Lord of the Rings and the Witcher, I, I think you could get it. Yeah. I do think a mini series would definitely, would definitely help. Uh, and I, I love that it was John Hurt as the, the Horn King. Cause I think that's a, a great casting choice. Uh, what I what I yeah a mini series would be good because like with the the cauldron born and the the psychic pig story and everything and if you actually expand that out and sort of flesh out the uh, the background of it you're gonna get something something a lot better so yeah like I said it is in no way a perfectly made movie. Um, I, 
I just I don't think it should have gotten the hate that it gets. That's what I think. I I wouldn't ever say it's it's not my top five of underrated Disney movies. I just think it's a Disney movie that shouldn't be hated. Well, that's why you are here to defend <laughs> the Black Cauldron for this episode. Yeah. And unfortunately, it didn't do it for me, but I have uh, no problem. Uh, I have no problem stipulating that it's uh what do, what do I say here that it's uh it's going to be decent it's going to be it's going to have that positivity behind it and unlike s- some of the other movies I talked about when you are speaking positively about it I'm more apt to listen because I know of the reputation and everything so so there I have I, nothing negative to say yeah I mean go back and look at the groundbreaking that it did and I guess just appreciate that it tried to do something different. And I shall. Uh, any final thoughts on The Black Cauldron from you, Jeff? I haven't seen it in like the absolute longest time, so I can't really comment on it. The only reason I look fondly back on the movie was, A, it was groundbreaking in the fact that it was the first animated PG Disney movie. Yeah. And B, it was actually the third movie I ever saw in the theater. So I have a slight affinity to the movie. It's that, it's Empire Strikes Back, and it's Muppets Take Manhattan. That's a a good trio, actually. (laughs) So, yeah, I, I have a lot of respect for that movie just because... I remember going to the theater and seeing it as a kid. The Muppets Strike Back with the Black Cauldron. Oh, dear. Somebody make that. That would be the weirdest crossover ever. Well, that can happen. It can. (laughs) Because they own all that stuff. So, yeah, this was was part one of the ranking project. Uh, I, I talked about my bottom eight, and there was some controversy, but... For the most dun, part, dun, dun. for the most part, people probably aren't surprised at some of the movies that they heard on the list. Um, when we do the next ten, I will give you guys a small preview. There is a very, very, very classic and very popular movie that is going to end up in the next ten. It is very low on my list because I do not like it. I don't hate it. I do not like it, and it is considered a huge classic. So that's going to be your big spoiler there, and that will probably be the big controversial one. I'll that's even get the the hate emails. I'll even give <laughs> you. I'll even give you the best part of it. It's number fifty, so we're going to talk about it next. So yeah, the next time we can all gather up and do this, we'll do another another second part, and we'll uh, we'll do part two, and we'll go all the way to part six, all the way up to number one, and. Some of you actually already know what my number one is, but I'm not going to talk about it or even hint at it because I think some people will genuinely be surprised at what I chose for number one because I think it's one of those ones where when you hear it, you're just like, really? That was actually your your number one? That's uh, <laughs> That genuinely surprises me. And I'm like, yes, that's why I, I get excited to talk about it in that respect. So... And you will be surprised at where stuff ends up on the list. Now, some stuff, like I said, the next part 
these are going to be films that I liked. It's just that they're they're bottom tier for me because I like other stuff more than them. So keep that in mind. There should be no more hate mail coming after this one. But if you didn't like what I had to say, send in the hate mail. I'm totally okay with it because I, I like it. I like being controversial. That's the whole point. And... Hey, these guys are here to put me in my place when I do talk about something that they don't like. So yeah, you will. In the next one, we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about some controversial stuff, and we'll definitely mention those caballeros because they're they're coming. There, I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. But it is bottom tier. That's that's your that's your big that's the only big teaser that you got. The other shortest movie will also be popping up in the next one. Other than that, you're not getting any more teasers. So, <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, Mark, thank you guys for joining me in our f- part one of this six-part project. And when we do future projects, if you guys want to join in on them, you're more than welcome to. And that goes for all of my listeners. And if you got an idea, remember, I'm doing Pixar after this. So, we'll talk about some controversial stuff there, I'm sure. <laughs> so, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. It has been a pleasure. Thank Appreciate you, it, brother. And uh, t- stay tuned for more great content at CKCC Radio. For those of you who are dealing with the current quarantine as we record this, we're trying to put out as much stuff as possible. Again, you can check out Mark's blog, markreviews.wordpress.com, and see all of his movie reviews. You can check out all of Jeff's shows here at CKCC Radio, as well as his Cinefan podcast, which he runs independently. You can listen to his Real Paranormal Talk, as well as Ranking Tracks. If you like hearing my voice, I'm genuinely flattered because that's probably the first time I'll ever hear that. (laughs) You can listen to me on Club Cafe Wrestle Talk each and every week with Dan Peck and Glenn Kukan as we review the exciting world of pro wrestling and on the stupid sexy podcast where Dan Peck and I review every Simpsons ever. And of course, first Monday of every month, check out Adrian Cotton's Motivational Moves podcast to get all the fun motivational stuff to get you ready for your month. And Jay Bunny's Music Hub with Jason Shin, where he interviews musicians all across the music world. The backlog is going up every single week. You can listen to another backlog episode until he gets more stuff up there. And if you're into artwork, you can check out resident artist Brian Bindman, another Orlando friend, and all of his great artwork. He will also sell you stuff if you ask him politely. And if you like cosplay... And modeling-type photos, you can check out Heather Quinn Cosplay, another Disney ally, friend of mine and Jeff's. All of Heather's stuff always going up. Her latest cosplay work during this wonderful quarantine included a Harry Potter house-by-house vintage photo shoot and a photo shoot of the bride from the Haunted Mansion, complete with acts. And that does it for our plugs. So, yes, that's all the fun stuff you can check out. Gentlemen, it has been a pleasure. Please come back and join me for the next part. And if you guys do like what you hear, please give us a subscribe, a like, a follow, and all that fun stuff. Everyone want to say goodbye? Good night. Have a good one, everybody. Have fun out there, everybody. Stay safe. Listen to podcasts. Support your artist friends. Tally-ho!